Uh, Tony Softly, <laughs> our NFL executive, he joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline for his uh, weekly visit. Good day, sir. How you guys doing out there? Uh, well, we're in a bar, and there's no one here yet. The doors will open in a half an hour. Uh, we are drinking for free. We're doing great. There you go. Sorry I missed it. Yeah, well, you, you could still get down here. We're here until 1. I mean, you can come visit us. You can come on. Tony, we'll buy you a pint, and we'll buy you lunch if you come on down. You know, it sounds good. I'm going to have to take a rain check. I, I've got a honeydew list that is so long. I am digging and putting in shrubs and plants and, oh. yeah, I, I, uh, trees. I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I'm what, busy. What else? What else? Okay, so some yard work. What else is on the honeydew land? Is this a weekend honeydew or just a Friday honeydew? No, this is a continuous honeydew because the football season for me is so long. So um, right, got some right. to do, and, uh, yeah, I got, uh, I got some stuff to do outside as well, man. So, so if you don't honeydew, you're going to be honey done, if you know what I mean, if you know what I'm saying. It's going to be all over over there at the Softly Compound. Well, you got you guys are married. You know the deal. You know you fall in oh, yeah. line like a good little oh. soldier. You know the deal. Uh, my house, man, I run things. I don't know about you guys. I tell her how things are. I'm not sure what you're talking about, Tony. I would never yeah, okay. say any, any okay. of the, I'm scared of my wife, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm scared of my wife. So I, whatever she tells me to do, I say, yes, ma'am, whatever, whatever you need done. Her, her honey to-do list looks like the Bible. Yeah, she does. Right. It. Oh my yeah. God, it's so long. Here in Book Seventeen, Verse oh. Twelve, Thy will clean the gutters, and none of it, <laughs> none of it, Tony, I can get accomplished. Yeah. Uh, you, you oh, know, guys, man. not so not so much not so much scared, but I just don't need the chatter. You know what I mean? I just don't need that extra. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I get no, it. That's we good. all know what you're yeah. talking about, Tony. We, we've all been there. Oh, God. <laughs> Tony, you got your you, you got your eyes on them last week. The uh, the rookies there for the Seahawks. What was your what was your thoughts? Uh, just just uh, checking those guys out uh, up close and personal for the first time. Yeah, you know, I thought it was uh, just so far so good. Uh, you know, I was very impressed, obviously, with uh, Penny, the running back, uh, very, very smooth, upright, slashing type running back. Uh, natural receiving skills, caught the ball out of the backfield extremely well, just really natural. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, while he wasn't one of my top guys, I had him, like, I think, number six. I still think they had a good uh, good choice here, and, and they're getting beat up for no reason. Uh, let's wait until the, the third year after uh, all the, the dust is settled on these draft picks to really give them a grade and, and judge them. But I like what I've seen so far. Uh, same with tight end Will Disley. Um, you know, natural receiving skills, and he's not known for his catching ability. Uh, really kind of opened everybody's eyes at the uh, PA game. Uh, a lot of general managers asked me about him. Um, known for his blocking prowess, but uh, I'll tell you what, really looked very sharp and on point. But there was two other guys that really – kind of opened my eyes because I, I seen Mr. Magoo last spring when I was down on my trips uh, through, through the southeast, uh, but I didn't see the athleticism and the arm talent that I saw that was displayed. Now, uh, on fr- I went on Friday and Sunday, and, and on Friday he looked good, but on Sunday he looked confident. Uh, he was slinging the ball around. I mean, he was moving and throwing on the move. He, just, he looked like a, a totally different guy uh, than what I saw last spring. And uh, Michael Dixon, the punter, I've nicknamed him Boom, guys, because this guy <laughs> can hang it. He was he not only was he driving the ball for distance, he had very good hang times. Uh, you know, he was he was doing the trick kicks and all that type of stuff. But just that natural ability to uh, to hang the ball high and get that receivers uh, that return that chin up in the air, so it's tough for him to return. It's going to be special to watch here in Seattle. 
Tony, how do teams uh, handle when guys come in? There's no even, even the best guy yet drafted as a team has got some things you need him to work on. There's things that you, you know, as you're grading him, all right, there's some stuff about him that we, you know, there's nobody coming in. Do you bring that up immediately with a guy? Do you let him get his feet wet for a, for a few weeks and then a few of these little OTAs? I mean, you've got less time with him than you used to have. How soon do you have a meeting or do you have a conversation with a guy about, okay, Here's what we need you to do, whether it's get stronger, whether it's get faster, whether it's work on this. When do you first have that discussion with the draft pick? Yeah, the moment they walk in the door, you have a plan for them. Huh. And the assistant coaches yeah. or the coordinators, they sit down with them right now and say, okay, this is where you're at now. This is where we want you to be. And this is how we're going to get you there. Uh, Shaquem Griffin looked really, really well. Uh, his football instincts were natural. Uh, at one point, the coaches had to tell him to slow down a little bit. And that's a good thing because I hate when you have to tell a player to giddy up. You want to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's one of those type of players. You know, the one thing that, uh, that kind of surprised me a little bit was uh, Trey Flowers. And I shouldn't say surprised because you saw the athleticism at Oklahoma State. Uh, but uh, his size, his length, and his ability to, uh, you know, burst in acceleration and turn and run with the receiver – he looked natural out on the corner position. So, yeah, there, there's some things that they got to work on. Uh, he's got to work on his chip transition a little bit better. Uh, Rashard Penny has to work on his third down blocking. They all have to work on something uh, for this level. Uh, but that gas, that stuff is, is talked about the minute they walk through the front door. You know, you know, Tony, again, Tony Softly with us, our, our NFL executive here at 950KJR, joining us for his weekly chat on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, Puck and Gas, we're live here at the Nickerson Street Saloon. You know, Bob Condota did a piece today, they were talking his gist of it in the, in the article today, and the Times was about the, the value of running backs now. And, and over the last few years, it feels like the league has gone away from, you know, when you were, when you were growing up, when we're all growing up, it was about the running game. Got to get the running game established. It's all about having a featured back and offensive line. The passing game, obviously, in the last decade has kind of taken over in the NFL. The more value, more value has been placed, obviously, on the quarterback and receivers. The game's just changed. And he went back and looked, and I think I'm, I'm, I may screw this up, but eight of the top ten rushing rushers in NFL history who are in the Hall of Fame were all first-round picks. Kind of was, was the gist of it. And that over maybe the last few years, that's changed you know, a tad. I went back and just looked at the last five years, and I wrote it down, but it's sitting back at my, uh, my desk in my office. And I believe the last five years, I think two, I think it being uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Adrian Peterson. Those guys were first-round picks. Last year, Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick. And then I want to say DeMarco Murray was one other guy, and he was a second-round pick. So in the last five years, we still have seen it. I know we have Hunt. But look at Ezekiel Elliott. Look at Adrian Peterson. Those guys were first-round picks. I mean, you know, maybe people are changing their philosophy a little bit, Tony, but the running back is still very valuable in this league. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I've heard that over the last couple of years. A lot of people uh, tried to devalue the running back position, and it was only they were only saying that because people weren't taking him, you know, high one, you know, not until like three, four, five. Uh, it, and my thing is, it's not it's not a matter of where they're picked; it's what they do when they get there. But you still have to pick the right player, the right player to fit your scheme, the right player to come in and understand and, and learn your terminology and fit in what, what you're doing. For me, the running back is critical. Uh, you know, they haven't had a running back here since um, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch was a first rounder. They've been drafting guys, uh, except for the young man out of Texas A&M that went in the second round that 
is no longer on the team. But they've been drafting guys, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. Well, that's what you're getting. And, and I'm not saying that if they're drafted that late, you're not getting a good player. Uh, but you have, to, you have to pick the right player. For me, uh, when they went with Penny in the first round, okay, you're getting a first-round running back. I saw him move last weekend, and, and he's the real deal. There's no question about it. So, for me, the value of the running back is still there. That takes the onus off Russell Wilson, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, stretches out the game. You can grind down the clock. There's just a lot of things you can do uh, to control the game with a good running game. And, and you saw Seattle, when they were in their heydays, uh, just recently going to back-to-back Super Bowls, what they do? They ran the football to play good defense, and that's what they're trying to get back to. Tony, as I recall from a few weeks ago when we were speculating about what was going to happen in the draft, uh, a, a guy that used you, that was a, a little off the radar, not much, but a little off the radar with all these great quarterbacks, was Mason Rudolph, who you said you really liked this guy a lot and you were anxious to see how things would work out. He ends up, I think, in a great situation. The Steelers use a third-round pick on him. He's going to come in. He might be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. But Roethlisberger speculate, why are we bringing this guy in? I'm not done yet. I mean, is too much being made of that? Should I mean, I, I think it's unfortunate Roethlisberger said what he said, but I also, as I say all the time, we all tend to overanalyze all this stuff. Isn't Roethlisberger in a great position now to help this guy transition into the NFL, or, or is he going to hold back his growth by, by kind of acting like, look, man, it's still my job and you're not taking it? Well, I think, you know, it's the latter of what you're talking about. It's still my job. You're not taking it. Just a few years ago, he was talking about, I think I'm going to retire. Oh, all of a sudden, they draft a quarterback. I could play five more years. It's the ego yeah, yeah. Of, of, of the NFL players, especially quarterbacks. They used to say, you know, wide receivers were divas, but it's truly the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, he, you know, while some will accept and, and teach and learn uh, and help train some of the younger guys, there's other guys that uh, see that as a, a no-no. And I, I remember when I was with the Rams, uh, I was trying to replace Mark Bolger because he would he would hear footsteps and drop to his knees. He'd been hit so many times from the backside uh, that, you know, he was just shell-shocked. And, and so uh, it was time to get another quarterback. And we wanted to get, me and my staff wanted to get Matty Ice at, down in Atlanta. Uh, and it just, Scott Linhan didn't care for him. The presidents didn't really like him except for the scouting staff. So uh, and they were they were afraid to draft him and sit him behind Bolger because you know he thought they thought that he would have an issue with that and that's the same thing that's going on in Pittsburgh right now. Ben's got to definitely help this young guy out, uh, and you know what Rudolph will be the successor of Ben Roethlisberger. I guarantee it. That's that's interesting to see, and those will be big shoes to fill. Roethlisberger is still, though, thought of as a top-tier NFL quarterback. I'm kind of like you, and I mean, it's easy for me to say it's not my money, it's not my job, but you'd love to see him kind of recognize this for what it is and go, look, kid, you know, you, you stick with me for a couple of years, and then I'm going to be sliding on out of here, and the job will be yours. But it's not, as you just said, Tony, it's just never, never going to be that seamless in most of these situations. No, it, it has a lot to do with ego. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Ben is still playing at a high level. We saw that last year. He can still sling it around. He has total respect uh, of every coordinator that he has to face him defensively. Uh, yeah, no, he's still playing at the top of his game. Uh, you know, there was a year or two ago where he, he was a little dinged up and things started to fall off a little bit. But I think this is going to rekindle his, his excitement for the game. Uh, and it will add some competition. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's I mean it's it's you could see it almost from a couple different sides. I mean I I, I get a that I think his his main issue 
Hilton, but his main issue was, listen, in the third round, we could get somebody to help the football team like right now. Why are we getting a guy that eventually is going to take my job? And then it, it morphed into that. Like, you're, you're, you're drafting my replacement. You guys are exactly right. I mean, last year, even two years ago, he's, he talked about retiring from the game, but we see it everywhere. We're, we saw it. I'm sure it played a part into what happened in New England. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was probably sitting there and waiting for his turn, waiting for his turn. I'm sure that Tom Brady kind of felt that Tony a little bit. I mean, you obviously can watch him and see the t- how the talent he is in practice. Why would you want him to stick around? You feel threatened by it. Uh, Joe, and it's a famous story of Joe Montana and Steve Young. I mean, they, they weren't like friends because it clearly that Steve Young could play. I mean, I don't know how much they were really serious about Colin Kaepernick. I'll bring it back here to the Seahawks, but. There's, there's got to be a part of me. Colin Kaepernick can play in this league. There's got to be a part of me as a competitor Russell Wilson be like, eh, yeah, I don't know. And now he would never admit that, Tony. And I'm not saying he would, he, would, he would beat Wilson out for a job, but the guy was a Super Bowl quarterback. The guy has obviously played at a high level. That, Yeah, give me some kind of uh, an adequate backup. But let's, not, let's make sure they're not too good so they take my job. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think that Russell would be uh, afraid of that challenge or that competition. Uh, I, I I do think that um, Colin Kaepernick can play in this league. There's no question about that. But what Colin Kaepernick has to do is he's got to figure out what he wants to do, okay? And, and he can do his, his uh, protesting and all that and, and civil work away from football or use it as a platform. But nobody's going to bring him in as a backup quarterback with all that, with all the situations that he's going to bring. They just won't do it. And, and so once he decides, okay, I'm not going to kneel, I will do all my other activities away from the organization. And I'm talking about all 32 teams. That's not Seattle. Uh, and, and then he'll get an opportunity. And, and so uh, can he play in this league? Absolutely. Uh, it, does he deserve to play in this league? Yes, he does. But, I mean, he's going to have to kind of change his approach especially being a backup quarterback. Totally get it. All right, Tony, enjoy your weekend. We'll chat with you next week. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, there he is. Uh, Tony Stoffley joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline.